this is our JL guest, JL Glove guest of the week, um, JC Ariza. JC, what's going on, brother? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm chilling here in California, and everything's Gucci. So if y'all don't know who JC is, um, he's currently a pitcher in the Pioneer League, and he played Division One baseball at UTRGV. Um, and he's got a pretty insane story. So um, I'll let him tell his story from, you know, playing baseball at a young age. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me again. Um, I'm excited to uh, tell you a little bit about my journey. Um, obviously, like everybody else, <laughs> I started playing at a very young age. Uh, always playing up. My dad always had me playing up. So I was also a bigger kid. I yeah. stand at six four, almost six five. Um, so yeah, just fell in love with the game early. Um, somewhere along the middle, fell out of love with the game, and fell in love with it again. Then quit it and fell in love with it once more. And uh, I haven't looked back since. Um, yo, what is going on, guys? Before we hop into our conversation with JC, I just wanted to hop in here and talk about our newest sponsor of the podcast. The Players Podcast is sponsored by the JL Glove Company out of Austin, Texas. Now, if you're anything like me, you've seen JL Glove Company gloves popping up at all ballparks across the nation. So I wanted to learn more about them before we brought them on as a sponsor for the pod. These guys have been pumping out pro stock baseball gloves since 2017. And the last couple of years have been showing up all across fields, every single division in the NCAA, NAI, and pro ball. They're now the glove choice of hundreds of pro guys, including a bunch of organizations, top 10 prospects. Now, the guys over at JL told me they set out to create the best glove in the world. And honestly, I truly do believe it. Their leather is some of the nicest feeling leather I've ever touched, and the embroidery and lacing details are absolutely flawless. They have a fully 3D custom builder called the DNA Suite, where you can design everything in real time, and they keep a wide range of stock gloves on their site. Now, with that being said, they wouldn't give me any confidential details, but they did tell me that on December 1st, yes, December 1st, write it down, mark it down, put it in your calendar, put it in your phone, that they'll be releasing a new line of premium leather that's going to be dang near perfect. I'm freaking stoked about it. Go follow them on all their socials at JLGloveCo. That's J-L-G-L-O-V-E-C-O. Or check out the link in the description and in my Instagram bio. By using the Players Podcast link, you'll get 10% off your entire order. So make sure you hit that link before you go and enjoy our conversation with J.C. Ariza. So, um, growing up, I played on a lot of travel teams. Um, wasn't really a prospect, per se, uh, until my junior year of high school. Okay. Uh, I had a good end to my sophomore summer, uh, but I wasn't quite there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a... I always flew under the radar per se because I always I always pitched well. It just wasn't like um, feel like I just no one was paying attention to me, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of kids have definitely felt like that. Seeing seeing your boys commit, uh, mm-hmm. and then you're you're like, God, damn, I'm like, I want to commit, like, yeah, like I want to be the one going Division One, play Division One baseball, you know. And and I, I guess like the mindset, you know, now that I have like more wisdom now and understanding, you know 
things that happen in life, right? So, so I have a question. So, where all did you where all did you grow up? Like, what what part of the country? Um, you know, like, were you a Northeast kid? Where 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 are we growing up at? So, I grew up in New Jersey, North North Jersey to be specific. I grew okay. up in this town, uh, right outside of North New Jersey, North North. Uh, okay. it's uh, called Belleville. Okay. Um, love, like, love my, love my childhood growing up in that area. With like, uh, you know, what I mean, being close to everything, about 15, 20 minute drive to the city. Okay. Um, you know, and and seeing the skyline, being able to see the skyline at the top hill of my street. It's it was like I've always I've always been a Yankee fan. You know, okay. uh, Jeez, just I'm uh. Sorry, man. It's been a rough uh, lifetime as a Yankee fan. Yeah, we got, I, guess, I think we got like one or two in there, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'll be, we, got, we got one or two we'll World Series and also a lot more than everybody else. So that's that's also cool. Yeah. Shout <laughs> but, out to uh, the Dodgers. You're a Dodgers fan? Uh, I'm kind of becoming one being out here. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, I am, a, I am wearing a Dodgers hat. Um, if anyone, if you, have, you know, but yeah, I am, I'm a just a fan of baseball, man. I'm a fan of all types of sports as well. But, um, yeah, I grew up there, grew up playing ball there. I went to Sino Prep University, uh, not University, Sino Prep, which is a brother or a brother school, like little brother school of like Sino University. Yeah. Um, it was there in West Orange, New Jersey. Um, a lot of my family members went there. So it was more like a legacy. My uncle himself, um, I remember my mom had told me she helped him put him through. Uh, so, you know, prep, because um, it is Catholic school. We got to pay to go there. Um, mm-hmm. There's no, like, scholarships besides, you know, financial aid, right? Okay. So, uh, went there, uh, ended up going to, ended up going to Tulane, actually, after that, too. Okay. Uh, that was see, where I, I went. Oh. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know you went to Tulane. Yeah. So, you're, so you're in Tulane, and you're there. Um, now during high school, were you always a pitcher or were you a hitter? Or what's the, what's yeah, that dude. like? So I hit up until my sophomore year. Um, okay. I was hit a freaking gapper, double home run or K. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I was always a good fielder. I love to play the field. It's third base, first base. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, I just, uh, I just didn't really love hitting as much as I did pitching. And I've always, like, from a young age, people have told me, you're going to be a pitcher. So eventually, like, blah, blah, blah. So it kind of, not that it, molded, like, I, I like, gave in to, like, I didn't want to be a hitter. But it was like, dude, I just want to pitch. That's what it was for yeah. me. You know? Like, I just want to pitch. I love dominating. I love being in control of the game. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like a lot of times, too, when there was, like, important at-bats that I wish I could have had. And, you know what I mean? Then someone else took him and, like, not – not not that I was like, oh, I hope they don't hit the ball. I hope we don't win. Yeah. It was just like, damn, like, I wish I can be in that moment too. Like, I, like jealous in that sense. I'm like, I want to be in that moment, whether they make it or not, you know? So it's like, when you're pitching, dude, like, you're always in that moment. Like, you're always one pitch away. Just yeah. like the other team, one pitch away, but they have that one batter at a nine up, you know? So, yeah, dude, I just, uh, so yeah, I just became a pitcher, uh, for my varsity season, I seen prep uh, my okay. junior year. Um, had an okay junior year, um, and then that summer, dude, I just I kind of just took off. Um, that's like I had no offers leading up until then. Okay. Uh, and then I, one night after pitching out a perfect game in the summer, the 
the Georgia complex. I forgot what it's called. Mm-hmm. Lake Point, Le- Lake Point. It's uh, Lake Point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like just one. Like I, I remember it was a game that was raining, and they pushed our shit back until like one o'clock start, twelve a.m. start. Like it was, but we had to get it in for the tournament. And like there was no scouts from here, freaking warming up. I'm like, goddamn! Like I thought, how the guys are gonna come? Yeah, like, they've been hearing about the kid. Uh, you know, at this point too, I've been out to ninety three, ninety four out of high school. Okay. Um, I just came from the area, uh, area code tryout and everything too. So, um, no, I didn't. I was. This was before my area code tryout and invitation to East Coast Pro. But, okay. um, yeah, dude, I remember being in the bullpen warming up, and all of a sudden, I just see this pack of just dudes with backpacks yeah. coming in from far yeah. parking lot bro it's all talking to each other about 30 40 scouts just coming with their guns and like with every i was like holy shit like this is amazing like what the heck yeah. like i I didn't, I didn't i've never received that kind of praise before in terms of like oh like i think we might want this guy like yeah uh, and it so was that's, uh so that's basically when it when it became real like yeah, dang! I'm like, gonna go play D1 baseball no matter what. That's what there's, there's 40 scouts here, all to see me throw, and I'm just some kid from Jersey, and I'm in Georgia sweating my balls off, and <laughs> I can barely feel the ball. And oh my god! So like, so at the so at that point, you're you're in Lake Point. You know, if if you're in the baseball community, it's it's the biggest tournament of the year. It's probably yeah. one of the biggest tournaments that you're going to play in. Yeah, up with uh, Jupiter, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, th- I think yeah. I think World Worldwood Bat definitely takes yeah. the cake. Like yeah. every scout goes to Florida. Every scout lives down there, and they just all roll up on their golf carts. Yeah. Um, but a- as you're in high school, like, are you playing on like national teams? Are you playing on the travel ball teams? Are you playing on the Canes, the Scorpions, whatever? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I started off um, younger. When I was younger, I played for this team called the Venom, and they okay. blessings to them. They helped me uh, let me pay for high school. Uh, I was part of a scholarship program for there, and then like uh, it became uh, Bobby Valentine was like our coach for like. Okay, yeah, whole, yeah, he's he's the uh, old manager for the Red Sox. Yeah, he was our coach. I remember taking private jets coming from games. It was wild, bro. Like because we would have to travel to one tournament to the other that summer. I fucked that up though. I fucked up <laughs> big time as a kid. Did I? I I used to be a dipshit, bro. I used to be a fucking bad kid. Um, <laughs> like I look at I look back at some of the shit I've done. I'm like, holy shit. But I ended up stealing a hat from Coles. Oh. Then, yeah. Yeah, when we were in um, North Carolina, Greenville, North Carolina, and the, these people have given me everything. It was, I didn't have any, like, bad intention, but I'm just being a stupid kid, right? Yeah. And these people have given me so much. Um, you know, I remember, um, I'm not going to say any names, but if they see this, it's like, I, like, I was very grateful now, looking back mm-hmm. at it, like, how, how much they did for me. Um, and it was just such a stupid mistake, a kid mistake, and, like, I, I feel like... Uh, you know, at the time, you're like, why are they treating me like an adult? <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, but I remember they, the same day they sent me home on a bus back to Chinatown. Jeez. Yeah, and the bus had no AC. That's that's no uh, private jet. Uh, that's not a private jet. That's not a private jet. No, they, they made me. It was a lesson. It was a lesson that needed to be learned. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I didn't appreciate how much they gave to me until that moment right there. You know what I'm saying? You, 
Yeah, you you went from a Boeing 77 to the Greyhound 5000. Yeah, dude, I remember, like, just looking to the right of me, just, like, this freaking big burly dude smelled like a bag of fucking, just a fat bag of weed. You know what I mean? I'm just like, (laughs) Jesus Christ, there's definitely some trafficking going on in this motherfucker, bro. Like, I'm sweating, I'm fucking, I'm also a chubby 15, 16-year-old, so I'm freaking... Oh, so you were, you, know? so you were young. Dude, I was young. You they sent young. me back in that bit young, bro. They didn't give a fuck, dude. Like, like, I was so mad then, but, like, looking back at it, like I told you, dude, it was like, dude, I needed to, to experience that. And I remember my dad, when I get to Chinatown, it's like 5 a.m. There yeah. were, like, my suitcase, backpack. I remember my dad picked me up and, like, him not saying a word to me. My whole Damn. drive home. And then, like, we almost there. He's like, why the fuck would you do? You know, like every yeah. dad would. You know what I mean? My dad was a great dad. You know what I mean? That it's not, it wasn't his fault. Like, but like at the end of the day, you're a reflection of your parents, dude. Like, yeah, you know. So like, when you do something bad, it's like, damn, like they look bad, you know. And then yeah. you feel that even more, and that's why they call it disappointment, right? It's it's not anger. It's like, fuck, bro. Like I taught you better than this. Why don't you yeah. do this? Of course. So so you go from stealing at the coals. Mm-hmm. You're pitching in front of 40 scouts at what 17, 18 years this old? This happened. This slipped in a this slipped in a year. Um okay. kind of changed my perspective. I got a lot more grateful, but you know, you're still a kid, bro. Like I was still fucking ignorant. You know what I'm saying? I was still yeah. doing bad shit anyway. You know, I'm not stealing anymore, of course. I was too fucking scared to steal. But like it yeah. was like I'm I was always that type of person that had to learn things the hard way. Yeah. And um I'm grateful yet, like, dude, why the fuck do I have to do that? <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, um, but yeah, dude, we come in front of pitching a year later, pitching in front of 40 scouts, clean my act up. I, you know, I had to actually, because there, that team before was helping the people involved were helping me pay for school through a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was actually part of Joe Girardi's scholarship that, like, that helped me go to school. Like, throughout, to like I didn't realize how lucky I was, but I was given everything. I didn't realize how lucky I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I remember having to work that summer so I can help my parents pay for school, you know what I mean? So I can continue to go. Even then too, like I was like kind of an outcast per se, my freshman, sophomore year. Like I didn't really, I come from like, where like a lot of my friends, they dress like me, right? So like yeah. I go to a preppy school and mm-hmm. uh, out of place, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. nobody's talking my playing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really know how to communicate as a normal human being, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like, um, you know, I was going through all that and it's like I'm freaking going to work to pay for school I don't even want to go mm-hmm. to. And um I didn't know it then, but it taught me it taught me a lesson that um sometimes like things have to be so bad and you have to keep going. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden like something great is 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 above that horizon, right? So yeah. And the greatness was, you know, I was able to be in front of all those scouts, right? I was able to uh showcase what I had. Um and I did that. So yeah. I remember after that game, I pitched. I went like six innings, mm-hmm. uh, one hit baseball, fucking top ninety four. So I was just, you know, all time high. And I, I remember, I remember having to freaking hang up. On, uh, like I'll be on the phone with a scout right after the game, but it's like two a.m., three a.m. These guys are calling me, texting me and shit. You know. So I remember, not kidding. I don't want to be the guy named Schools because at the end of the day, like, uh, you know, I ended up going to Tulane, but uh, yeah. like they were like. This school was calling me, and I was like, "Hey, coach, give me one moment. Swap. Hey, let me call you back. Swap. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm sorry, coach. Swap. <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah. This is like in the middle of the night, right? Um, 
after that, I, I no, this is actually after my area code trial because okay. after that, um, since I didn't make area code, yeah, which um, which is which is hard. Like for all yeah, y'all out there, in my region too. We had like we it was New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and the city of New York. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I made it to the second trial though, and I wasn't committed yet. I think that really fucked me up because they were like, "Who is this kid?" Like I was kind of yeah. on this like that. So so for so for y'all out there that don't know what area code is, you don't play child baseball or whatever. It's area code, PGL American, Under Armour All American, and PBR All American. If you make one of those. Basically, you're like in a top twenty-five of 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 your region, of the country, whatever. But to make area code, it's it's insane. Just to go out to California and to play there, and they 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 select um, different players from different regions, and they all play in one one big one big tournament. Um, and every scout in the country comes, whether it's professional, whether it's D one or it's D two. Whereas Juco, every scout shows up to these things. And so when you don't make it, it's like, okay, like I'm not top 100 in the country, but like I'm still good. Even to make the tryout, you're still good. But yeah, put that out there. Yeah, no. And I I got invited to it actually on a whim because I had started, you know, I started that summer getting recruited. Like people are starting to look at me. They're starting to like, hey, like I remember like, First, one of the first schools I visited was St. John's and Hashra, like in the area, right? Yeah. Um, and like, like that's when, like, because once you get one in the door, they're like, oh, he's talking with, him. oh, it's, yeah. it's like everything. It's like everything in life, right? It's like, it's like a business. Even as a business owner. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so it was getting to, like, I ended up getting invited to that. Uh, I remember, I forgot the guy's name. I threw a bullpen and he's like, dude, who the fuck are you? <laughs> he's like, uh, we're going to get, stay right here. We're going to get your information. You're definitely coming to the second trial. You don't have to do all this other shit. So I get to the second tryout. Uh, I do okay. It wasn't anything crazy. I got one strikeout, a ground ball, and didn't give up a hit. I, I, it's a, it was a blur per se. Um, yeah. Ended up not making it. Um, due to, I think, like I said, due, a lot of it was because no one knew who I was, wasn't committed anywhere. Uh, it was just a, a good arm, right? Yeah, and I pitched down in Georgia. Um, this guy named T Money. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's a, he's a Ranger scout. He kind of runs East Coast Pro. Yeah, yeah, he saw yeah, me yeah. Pitch that, yeah. He saw me pitch that game. He's like, "Hey, I want you to come to East Coast Pro." But at the time, I still wasn't committed, so I needed the same weekend that I was supposed to. So I wasn't going to do East Coast Pro, but the same weekend, um, I had to go on a visit to Tulane to see if I wanted to go there. Yeah. Um, which, and even which, in between that, I remember uh, Coach Backage, who's now at, uh, at Clemson, um, he came to my house. He was at, When he was at U- University of Michigan, he came to my house, ate dinner with the family. Um, so it was like, like, for me, it was like, dude, like, not a lot of my family members have finished or went to college. Uh, my mom was like the first person to do college, right? Yeah. Even my dad didn't finish college, right? Mm-hmm. So, um. Like, I had to really, really – I wasn't really worried about being a professional baseball player because my mom was, like, academics, 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 right? So, um, like, at the time, like, East Coast Pro was cool and to go. Like, you know what I mean? That would have been nice. Mm-hmm. I would have probably, you know, probably got more money. I would have gotten – not more money. I could have asked for more money uh, yeah. for the high school draft, right? But, you know, for me, it was, like, dude, going to college and, like, playing Division one baseball, that was, like, what I wanted to do. 
Mm. Uh, or my mom wanted to. If I go back, I would be like, yo, give me 50000 please. <laughs> you can do whatever, you know. Show me the money. Exactly. And I got, you know, the, the Johnny football shirt on. Show me the money. Sure. Show the me the talking. money. But so at this point, like you're like, you're thinking like, I'm going, I'm going D1. Like I'm not, I'm not going D2. I'm not going Juco. I'm going D1. And like, I don't have to worry about not having an offer. Mm-hmm. So like, as you're, as you're going through your senior year and you're, and you're pitching at your high school, like, was there ever a point where you were like, that's a lot, dude. Like I had 40 guys, like I got 40, 40 offers, 20 offers, whatever the number was. Like, man, this is, this is a lot of stuff. Like, I'm about to be playing on ESPN. Like, what mm-hmm. like did did you ever have any doubt or anything oh, like that? For sure. For sure. I think it was I had that senior season I had was an average season too. Like I actually fucking I told my I told my agent, yeah, I want five hundred thousand dollars and I was fucking eighty nine ninety two. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were, you know, they would have probably given me 190, you know what I mean? But like, um, I remember that season just in terms of, uh, it was doubt mixed with complacency. So yeah. it's like, you know, I'm a naturally lazy person. I have to tell myself certain things and this is discipline yeah. over time, right? I have to tell myself certain things in a certain way to get me to do them. So instead of saying, fuck, oh, I have two more sets left. It's like, oh, I only have two more sets left you know that's yeah. going back to what your mind thinks is what your body does right so um like i remember just being a very average season getting a little weight and then getting into lane and being a just grinder you know mm-hmm. what i mean but i was a grinder but i was also the first time i was away from home in the city yeah. of new york and yeah. i was also a fucking party at yeah, <laughs> anybody so, you, can, you can ask anybody around that time, dude. JC Arizo is out almost every night, dude. Jeez, and, dude, fuck. dude, your 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 middle name should have been Bourbon Street. Holy smokes! No, dude, we that's the, that's the thing. Real New Orleans people know where to be at. Like, we didn't really go downtown. Like when we were, we go to we go to the Boot. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot the other names too, but the Boot is the most iconic bar, and you know, just frat parties in general. Yeah, I remember going in between frat parties, meeting Drew Brees. Oh, like, dude! I, I was like, dude, I, he was he was with the workers. And I'll yeah. send I'll send you a picture. I was all fucked up too. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, bro, great. Like everything they say about Drew Brees is true. This guy was giving water bottles to the workers working on his street. Ooh. and Dang. and I'm like, I see, because he has that famous cut on his on his yeah. eye. And he was he's a little shorter, but he was jacked, bro. You don't realize how jacked NFL players are until you see him. Yeah, uh, and I'm like, holy fuck, dude, are you Drew Brees? And he was like, yeah, I'm Drew Brees. Like, dude, can we take a photo, please? You know, what <laughs> I mean? like, and me and three of the other guys I were with, like, we just took a photo, three or four. Or the other guys, we just all took a photo with him. And I had my hand on his shoulder, a little boying him. Oh you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh my god, it was a that was a cool time. But dude, that resulted in me, dude. I fucking failed the drug test, um, and I was already late to practices. You know doing bullshit um and they just took my scholarship you know not not they let me finish out the out the year right mm-hmm. with my scholarship. My, but i was fucking fuck that dude i was like depressed going through it and two days after they took my scholarship i uh, I, I got motto so, yeah so i was going Dang. through it dude um i quit baseball oh yeah um, I, 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 I didn't I, I didn't know what it was oh my god yeah dude this is, this is, this is some juicy shit breaking news so so before so before we get into all the depressing stuff 
what made what made you choose Tulane over Michigan? You know, I'm sure I'm sure Clemson called. I'm sure you had I'm sure you had a couple of SEC schools calling. So like what made them your choice out of high school? Because everybody's path is different, but what made them 18-year-old JC Ariza's like school of choice? Warm weather, bro. That's it? Warm weather. Warm weather. Um looking back at it, I don't I don't like to play I should have, but yeah. I should have went to Michigan, right? Um they played in the World Series that year, if you remember. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would have been part of a World Series team. My girlfriend's laughing at me right now. She's like stupid ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the warm weather and then when I went on my official visit, dude, um it just felt right. Man, uh, yeah. But that, that, then again, you know, being a man of faith and looking back on it, like, I needed to go to Tulane, dude, because I would have been freaking, oh, my God, I would have been a menace at Michigan, probably been worse, because I would have probably been let off on a lot of the shit I was doing. Yeah. Um, and when I mean by a menace, I was just a party animal. Like, I would just fucking go out, you know, get fucked every, up. Every weekend, you're going out. Every week, bro. Fuck a weekend, dude. <laughs> I was out here, bro. Like, like I had, like, one rest day. I would freaking, but that's the thing, too. What was also crazy is I was also performing, though. At Tulane. Okay. So that's why, like, I got so many chances. They're like, yo, this kid can be good. But then it was like, okay, bro, this guy got fucking shit in his system. Bro. We gotta yeah. get him out. Yeah. You know, I was liability. I was there on full scholarship. I was a whole liability. Bro. Yeah. Cause, so, you, cause, cause in, in baseball, at least, like in the history of baseball and everything, like you can party and still go out there and perform. But like, mm-hmm. you have to know, you have to know the boundaries. But if you don't know the boundary, between okay, this is my stuff off the field. I can't let it interfere with with my stuff on the field. Mm-hmm. Then once those things mix, it's it's not good. Like you have to know that boundaries, and not a lot of guys know that boundary. I like, did not, and also too, it wasn't really my scene. Like I, I've also I found myself. So I'm a very multi-dimensional kind of person. Like mm-hmm. I do this training shit, I do this baseball stuff because I love it, right? But I'm more than that. Like I love fashion. Um, yeah. I love watching, I love watching films. I love watching TV shows, you know, mm. uh, different, I love art, you know, different things like that. Uh, music, especially too, like love yeah. music. I need to kind of tie genre too, except for country. Fuck that shit. I'm sorry, <laughs> dog. I'm sorry, bro. I can't. I can't. Chris Stapleton is the only voice that I can take in, you know, like, <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, like being at Tulane and there was a few guys in the locker room that I really like, uh, can connect like with, to with yeah. people, right? But like the rest of that, dude, like, you know, I'm not going to get into too crazy, but like, you know, like this freshman initiation. I mean, this Northeastern party kid to just saying, screw it, I'm done. Yeah. So, you know, fell into that like depression state, like, you know, having mono, uh, had a girlfriend at the time too, uh, who helped me get a lot through it a lot, you know, but, yeah. um, you know, that's still like, it just wasn't like I didn't want to play baseball again, you know. So yeah, it wasn't until uh, one of my best friends growing up playing baseball and everything, Raul Ortega. Uh, he had called me, and he went to Howard College. Okay. And, uh, yeah. In uh, West Texas, D1 JUCO, mm-hmm. top twenty-five all the time, very well. Uh, in Big Spring, Texas, bro, middle of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. lo- loved it, loved that place. But um, he called me. And he was, he was, he didn't know what, know what happened. I was very embarrassed, of course, right? Um, and he was like, hey, if you know any pitchers that are looking to transfer this season or whatever, like, let me know. Like, 
trying to find some guys. So I'm like, oh, yeah, word, I'll let you know. And I was so shut off on, on never playing again, right? And then, bro, like, I just started itching like a crackhead. <laughs> like, I was like, dude, should I play? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, ended up calling him back a week later. I was like, dude, like, I got, like, cut, and this is why. And uh, he was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. I think we can still take you. Fuck it, bro. Like, are you going to clean your shit up? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, call Coach Lopez. Like, let's do it. And Coach Lopez, the pitching coach at the time, um, he called me on the phone at, like, 2 a.m. Jeez, dude, what, yeah. what, is, what, what is up with these dude, schools I don't know, calling bro. you at weird, nuts, weird times? Like, are they yeah, just bro. not sleeping? Dude, they want, they want the guys. You got to get them <laughs> in, bro. When, when other people are sleeping, there's other people working, bro. That's something that's, that's everywhere, dude. So, because I was just trying, like, after that, I was trying to pick, like, some Eddie Smith, who's the head coach now at Utah. He was the only coach at Tulane, by the way, who helped me get who helped me get, uh, uh, like, looks from a school like it. And I actually saw in my senior season a great reunion to it. It's like an incredible human. Um, if anybody ever wants to go to Utah Valley, like, that's the place to go. Yeah. He's a fucking great coach. Um, he was the only person that was helping me go to Juca route. And then, obviously, the Howard stuff was happening. And, uh, and yeah, like, it was hard for people to want to take a chance on me being that, like, I was a crazy kid, right? Yeah. Um, and me and Coach, I kind of like told Coach up in this one. I'm still uncertain if I want to play. So that, and he's like, he's like, go home, throw, and then call me back. And I'm going home, working with my my pitching coach, uh, Silvio Sincelli, great fucking pitching coach. Um, really kind of set the foundation for me when I was from like 12 to 17, 18, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the stuff I use today now in my training, but, um. He tosses me a ball, and he says, throw that bitch as hard as you can. Run. Go. And I was like, what? I haven't thrown in, like, I, I threw a little bit with my roommate, Krishna Raj. Shout out, Krishna, uh, at Tulane. Um, but I wasn't throwing, throwing, you know, like, yeah. not pull down throwing, right? Pull down 98, bro. Dude, and, what? And I was like, and he's like, does your arm hurt? I'm like, no. He goes, then that means you should play again. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm not at the time, I'm not really, you know, believer. I am a believer in Christ. Right. But I'm not like super like, oh, shout out Jesus, you know. Yeah. You know, but like it was a it was a sign uh, from God for me. You know what I mean? So um, I ended up training up like lost. I was because of mono too. I lost 30, 40 pounds, bro. Uh, Yeah, dude. Uh, So I'm coming off of that. I'm still trying to get back from that. I get there to howard and bro i just i just started dominating bro (laughs) i just had like one of the best seasons of my life so when so when you're at howard like is that kind of like your last chance you moment like yeah 100 percent. it was kind of i I didn't work hard i didn't work as hard as i should have yeah uh not as hard as i work now right at the time it came with discipline like i said i was a lazy person naturally Mm -hmm. um but over there i was a dog bro no one was yeah. fucking with me, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying I have ADHD, I had an Adderall prescription, fucking popping 60 milligrams. <laughs> Don't fuck with me, bro. I was a dog, you know, but I was 88, 91, hit a 92 or 93 in a good day, bro. I'm my best day, right? But, dude, like, Jack sent anybody that conference that year, they didn't want to fucking face me, bro. I promise yeah. you. I was a dog, bro. Like, and I remember, like, even coming up through that shit, like, my first game I pitched, I started the first game of the season. Bro. After, and I'm a, I'm a mid season transfer, bro. 
So oh, everybody I, at me oh like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. I, I would have been fucking two months at Tulane, bro. They kicked me out. I was out that bitch. <laughs> I was fucking up two months. <laughs> right? I swear to God. <laughs> I, was, I was such a bad kid, man. I look back at it. I'm like, fuck, bro. Like, two months, fam? So you, so you like, so when you got down there, you moved in. So were you living in the dorms? Yeah, I was living in a dorm. Uh, and I ended up, like I told you, I finished the semester there. Um, but yeah, dude, like it was like my life was like that, bro. Like, like it was taken. I was swept under like that. Like, it's crazy how like one decision can really change your life. That's and it was, and, and bro, like it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy what I'm about to tell you right now, but it was the best decision I ever made. Yeah. So you went from two months at Tulane to thinking like, okay, like. I'm at a D1 to like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get the gear. I'm going to get, you know, a bag. I'm going to get pliables. I know NIL wasn't a thing back then, but like, yeah, gonna no, yeah, yeah. Like, the pre DM, the pre DM was blessed. You know what I'm saying? Per diem, per diem. So, yeah, oh my God. The, uh, the per diem and the stipend. Yeah. Um, so like, you're sitting there thinking, like, man, like, I'm fixing to play on ESPN against LSU and then. Dunzo, you're in the middle of nowhere, Texas, mm-hmm. playing against, you know, who knows. But, like, you get there and then you just had an epiphany, like, I'm that dude? Uh, It was more like – so, like I said, dude, like, I started the first game of the season. Yeah. It was against Odessa. Bro, they ran my shit, bro. They had three <laughs> home runs. I was 80-46. Bro, they ran my shit, dude. Like, it was bad. I remember yeah. going to the locker room, just fucking kicking on the fucking locker. Like, what the fuck? Like, what the hell? Coach, Coach Martinez, one of like almost like a father figure to me in, in, in this process. He was a head coach at the time at, at Howard. Um, he calls me in and he's like, he goes, who the fuck are you? I'm like, what? You know me, Coach? What do you mean? He's like, this isn't this isn't the JC Ariza we know. This isn't the JC yeah. Ariza we recruited. Who the fuck are you? Yeah, because you look like horseshit. You're 84, 86. You can't even fucking spin a breaking ball, you pussy. Yeah. I'm like, bro, I'm over here like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm ready to be like, no, fuck you, Rob. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, you know, I'm fucking taking it to heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like my uh my girlfriend tells me sometimes I'm machismo. Like, I'm trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm but I'm over here like just really taking it in. I'm fucking pissed. I'm like, what the fuck? And didn't pitch for two weeks. <laughs> Jeez. Did a pitch for two weeks. Waited, waited, waited. Got my opportunity to better. Got my opportunity to better. I gave up a walk off against McLennan after some, making some really good pitches. I remember uh, I threw inside, but not inside enough. Yeah. Because I was afraid to hit the batter. I remember after that game, too, Coach Lopez comes up to me. He's like, why, why didn't you throw him more in? It's like, I don't want to hit him. It's like, I don't give a fuck if you hit him. You hit yeah. that motherfucker and you execute that pitch if you have to. And ever since that, I was that was like that final turning point for me. Um, I had another like I had another a game out the bullpen really well, and our top guy went out. Yeah, he, he had a pinch uh, pinch nerve in the shoulder, mm-hmm. and I had to make a spot start. Um, no, before that, I actually made I actually made a relief appearance. We had a guy um, who only made it through a point one of an inning, and I had a relief pitch in, uh, re- relief appearance in the midweek and I'm going seven, yeah. <laughs> seven strong. And then the next week, um, they're like, Hey, can you make this spot start? This guy's injured. And then I took it from there. Dude, I, I was started the first game of the regional. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know what my record was that year, uh, but I had a really, really low ERA for West Texas. Dude. Like the average ERA was six. I think I had like a three or two, yeah. like a three, three overall and like a two in conference per se. Right. So like, it was insane. Like and, it's and, like, and, people don't do that shit. And in y'all's conference, I mean, for the, for those that don't know or whatever, Texas Juco is one of those Juco conferences that you're just, there's dogs. Like you got bounce backs every week. You got a kid going to Baylor here. You got a kid going to Texas. You got another guy going to A&M. Like it's every week. It's somebody. There's not, there's not just one dude on one team here. And there's a, okay, this guy's good. It's like every weekend you're facing dudes that are going to be playing in the world series next year or the year after that or whatever. Um, so like it's, it's it's no joke. Like it's, it's Cali, Texas and Florida for Duco. And that's, that's insane. Thinking that you went from, you know, Tulane as a scholarly guy to, I got to move to West Texas in the middle of nowhere, live in a dorm, sweat my balls off and go try and maybe get a scholarship. Yeah. After losing yeah. 40 pounds. Like that, that, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. So like when you're in Texas, like, are you just in the weight room all the time? Are you in the no, bullpen? No, I didn't work hard for shit, bro. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't work hard for shit. Um, like, I did my drill work and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, for me, like, dude, like, because like, I'm not going to compare myself to some Dominican and Dominican Republic, right? Yeah. Like, he, it's either fucking you, you, either you make it or you go fucking work in the fields with your, with, with your family and to fucking yeah. make sure you got to eat every night, right? Um, but when I was there, uh, being in the middle of nowhere, being nothing but surrounded by baseball and, and school, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, dude, you either fucking do it or you don't. Like yeah. it was, a, it brought out something in me that I've never experienced before. Like I've always been competitive, but um, it was almost like my back was against the wall, and I was throwing fucking haymakers, dude, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, that type of feeling, it was, I, I, I wasn't scared. I was mm-hmm. excited for the opportunity every single time I went out there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Throw up before the game cause out of excitement. Like not because I'm nervous, bro. Like, like I'm just like, I wanted to be in that moment every single time, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and it resulted in a lot of success and, you know, I'm still, even now in this point of my career, I'm still trying to find that beast again. Yeah. And, and, it, and, and, you know, it, it, it's I, I feel it around the corner because of everything I've done to leading up to my this point. But as you said, we'll get there. But yeah, dude, that's uh that's what it was, man. Because I remember even too, like during that time period of me not working mm-hmm. hard, guys took notice. They're like, "You're not even in the fucking weight room. You got you just got your tits rocked." Yeah. Like, and I'm over here like, mm-hmm. like I'm just Juco, I'm just not in my head. You know, Juco ain't more, no but... joke. Juco ain't no joke. And when you're in JUCO, for all you high school guys out there that are listening, it's no joke. Like, cause you, cause you'll have a guy that's on a full ride, and then you'll have a walk on that literally has like a 1.5 ERA. The walk on takes the full ride guy's money. They don't care. Why? Just because like that, why? Because it's JUCO. They are there to win. They are there to make it to. Um, I forget. I think it's Grand Junction. They're there to make it to a World Series. Like those coaches do not care. They talk to D1 coaches all the time. They know their program. Like they get it. Like if you want to go play good baseball, go play JUCO. But like, just know that when you sign that little letter of intent crap, like 
it's 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 no joke like the stuff that you'll see in juco i mean i've had a couple of friends that played high level juco baseball and it's insane like you're eating peanut butter and bread sandwiches like you're not eating the best food but like by god like you'll play you'll play against some really good people no i played against some really good really good guys man even like the guys who are now playing professionally you know what yeah. i mean like like these this is the same Juco was definitely I, I I was saying too when I got to to Howard I was like yo this team is better than Tulane like mm-hmm. like holy shit like top twenty five JUCOs like and you even see now like they they'll beat D one programs in the fall when they play in the fall like yeah it's, they're they're up there with them it's just they they had either grades or uh, mm-hmm. my situation or they just weren't fully developed yet you know it's it's a it's a mixture of everything or it's a mixture of everything right so yeah um just ble- I was blessed to be a Howard Hawk man and then. Uh, um, I committed each other to be the next, like before the season started next, the, uh, the next year, uh, because I also had my grades are so bad at Tulane mm-hmm. because I was all fucking up and shit that I had it. I needed to pick a school so I can know the exact amount of credits I needed to take for mm-hmm. that school. And the only people that are willing to take that risk was UTRGV. Um, even though I was talking to a plethora of schools, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even though I could have went back and played power five, but it was like, it was like, god was leading me there again bro mm-hmm. like like hey like you could have went to play power five baseball this and that but like hey like this is where you're going to be your happiest yeah you know what i mean this is where i'm leading you like follow my faith you feel me so mm-hmm. um yeah that's where that, that's definitely where um i've also just found a love for like the game again you know what i mean mm-hmm. being out here and playing baseball and um like i, I and at howard it was more like I, I needed to not be a failure you yeah. know yeah like that's what it was for me and then over here it was like i wanted to play baseball and have fun again um mm. and then you know it all, all often transpires into different things like i had an okay season my first year at utrgv um we got like a three something array um my second season was shaky and then i had the worst the worst season of my life uh my last season here at UTRGV. i had a whopping 11 era bro mm-hmm. um and I just wasn't confident who I was as a pitcher anymore. I started yeah. dropping my slot to see if it would do something. And it was pretty cool. But, like, the reason why I got there is because I wanted to be better than I was then or, or mm-hmm. this season, that season, instead of understanding that, like, I have to play into my strengths. And that's how I get better. I don't have to switch anything up. Like, I have to really trust what I got going. Um, yeah. And it led to, to confidence issues. And, uh, not being able to be that dog I once was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I found it again in terms of feeling like that confidence in myself because of the training I kind of dipped into. So, mm-hmm. so, so when you're so when you're at uh, U- UT UTRGV, for those yeah, who don't it's a know, mouthful, it's a mouthful. yeah, yeah, dude, <laughs> holy smokes, um, University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, baby, yes, sir, Carol. it's in. It's in what southern southern Texas? South right. Texas, out here, out here, and it's in Edinburgh, Texas. It's in the nine five six, the valley. Uh, yeah. We're about an hour and a half away from uh, South Padre Island, vacation spot, beautiful yeah. area. Um, really slept on hidden gem area in my yeah. opinion. I'm here yeah. right now. Yeah. So so when you're at so we're so when you're there, like I know you you guys played against Texas. I know that. Like I saw the highlight. I saw that dude hit a flipping bomb off you. Not gonna yeah. lie. Um, 
when you're there, like, are you thinking like, okay, like I can maybe go play pro ball, like after that 3.5 ERA year, or are you thinking like, no, nah, I can't do it. Like, might as well just I always knew I was going to play pro ball. Like I always knew. Um, there was never a doubt in my mind that I couldn't do it. Okay. Um, it, it was more of like, you worry about the results so much and uh, you worry about, how you're going to do because you want to make more money or you want to be better at this guy. You want to be mm. this top prospect. Right. And when you get consumed of that, like you forget why you even play anymore. You played, you started playing. So you picked up that ball when you were a young kid because you wanted to have fun. Yeah. Like I wasn't having fun anymore. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I selfishly, you know, even almost gave up even during that season too, like almost handed in my jerseys and, and at the end of the day, it was like, okay, like as cliche as it sounds, like you got to be a good teammate and you got to remember why you're there. If mm-hmm. you're not put, if you're not doing what you could for them, and that's part of the reason why we had a really bad, se- not a bad season. We still, we still were above 500, so went to the tournament. You know what I mean? But yeah, me not being that guy I was supposed to be, especially being coming in that fall, I was dogging kids, bro. Dog, mm-hmm. like I was like the best. I I was so ready for that yeah. season, and yeah. it turned out to be like that. It's almost like. Even before I got out there, I would think, dude, I hope I don't give up a fucking home run. I hope I don't. And then the power of you have to think success. Yeah. You have to think success. You have to think yeah. fulfillment. That's because if you think, I I hope I don't. this doesn't happen. It will happen. I promise you. Mm-hmm. When you get that feeling of something bad's going to happen, it happens, bro. So, yeah. th- like, it's training your mind to understand that, like, you know, and it's not an excuse to be reckless, right? Like, you yeah. have to be a human being uh, yeah. society right so but so, ahead, my, so so my so my question is did anything change between that between your junior year right and your senior year did anything change that you did in your training or did yeah, or were, so, you, or were you just were you just like i don't know what the heck's going on people are just hitting the ball like i don't know yeah. like my stuff isn't working no yeah um it wasn't my stuff per se that happened. Um, I was just leaving the ball in the middle of the plate, bro. Like I was not making good pitches. It would be like I'll give up a dong and I get two Ks. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it was just inconsistency uh, because of my mechanics, um, and not because of my mechanics. Because of my mechanics, it was because I had uh, limitations in my body I I didn't know about. Yeah. Um, but in terms of training, at that at that point in time. Um, I was like I said, I was training Mike Pasco, one of the best throwing coaches in, in, in the country. Um, his type style type of training fit my body really well, mm-hmm. and because I was I'm um, I'm an extensive based athlete, meaning like I don't get I don't get much flexion. I'm more extension. Mm-hmm. Uh, even my elbows are double jointed. Let's go see. So <laughs> yeah, like even my pushups, I have to be care- careful. I don't scrap up oh, too much. Like, I break my elbow. But um, science, science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like his pitching concepts, they kind of stuck with me and they were working okay. Mm-hmm. And I dove into it way too much when in reality, I wasn't supposed to throw the way I was supposed to throw. And, you know, and he'll probably maybe argue that like I saw through whatever I wasn't mm-hmm. really listening to him, blah, yeah. blah. But there was no real uh, now knowing what I do, now knowing what I know in the performance training world. Mm-hmm. Um, there was real no body. There was no real body assessment. There was just like look up and down, look at this and that. Like 
he couldn't tell me what kind of hips I had. Like, he couldn't tell me uh, I was tight here, this and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not his fault. It's just, like, what the concepts of, like, and what, and what the world has taught him already. Like, you can't just go out there and tell somebody to, like, do this mm-hmm. you know what I mean? without proper assessment of how their body moves. Yeah. Right? So back leg mechanics, front side mechanics, all that is very different. So the only thing that really made me better when I was working with him is the training. Training was fantastic. Yeah. Both kind of training. Um, my vila was going up because of the type of training we were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but over time, what he had taught me in terms of the throw has started to deteriorate my mechanics and cause inconsistencies. And I was thinking too much about what I was doing out there in the mound. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and, and like I said, like it's that's completely my fault. You yeah, know what I mean, so you I so, so you so you basically just didn't have like self awareness. Yeah, like I didn't have like any body. Have... I didn't know anything about like what I was doing in that sense. I was just trying to perform things in my throw, mm-hmm. right? Um, and his answer for that was to drop it and like because yeah. it was not. Bro, I was dragging my knuckles throwing ninety miles an hour, like you know what I'm saying. So, um, but I just didn't know what was going. So that's that's, that's like. Yeah. So you yeah. so you get done in college, you finish with like an eleven eleven ERA. And yeah, so so y'all got so y'all played in the WAC, right? The West yeah. Coast Athletic Conference. So y'all so did y'all get bounced in a tournament or what happened at the end of that season? Yeah, I actually didn't even get to pitch in the tournament. Rightfully so, like I shouldn't have at all. Yeah. Um you know, and granted I was pitching I was pitching a lot better leading up to mm-hmm. there, you know. Um, but yeah, we lost, uh, we won the first game. I'm not sure we won the first game or the second game, but we were facing elimination and a close one and ended up dropping it. Um, but yeah, no, like uh, we've always made it to tournament. My year. The first year we made it the closest, uh, mm. we made it to the championship against CCU. Uh, okay. Did us 21 at COVID after COVID season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I keep forgetting that, that COVID even happened, but yeah. COVID, COVID. Like the Mandela effect or something. Geez. Yeah. <laughs> So so after your final season in college, right, you graduate, you know, you're doing the whole thing. So after you graduate, like, are you hearing from teams? Are you hearing from scouts? Are you hearing Absolutely from not. anybody? Absolutely oh? not, dude. No, no, dude. So I I had I had an agent, I think I did. Uh yeah. never heard from never heard from him again. Jeez. Uh Jeez. yeah, dude. Um and you know, I was, you know, and it's hard, you know what I'm saying? You look for guidance and stuff like that and like People said that they would be there for you. They're not, bro. But that's yeah. just life. You feel me? That's not his fault. Like, who the fuck am I? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just got my tits lit when I was supposed to have the best season of my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I wasn't going to play again. Uh, I was kind of just figuring out what I was going to do. Um, then Mike invited me to come and train, um, see if I can play pro ball again. Maybe get pitch in the American Association. So, I was like, fuck it. That's what I'm going to do. No one's looking at me, dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and and when and when the and when the phone is not ringing, it sucks. It 100%. sucks, bro. It it's it is a horrible experience. Take it from a kid who was in the portal and didn't hear anything from coaches for like three weeks. It's a lonely, lonely time, and especially when you're dealing with with money and you know being on a team and everything else. Like that phone is not ringing, you start getting scared, and you're like, okay. I've got to pay my rent. I've got to get groceries. I've just got to live. 
and I know how to throw this baseball really, really hard and really, really good. But like my stats don't show it. Like that that's the thing that I hate about stats is like you can throw really hard, you can throw 95, you can throw 98, whatever. But like as soon as a scout looks up or a team looks up your stats, they're gonna be like, Oh, well, he had a he had an eleven ERA, like that's horrible. Like whatever, and you get judged on that. Um so you're going through that and you're like, Yeah, what am I gonna do? So what happens next? So Mike calls you. And then what does he say, essentially? He said, so I, he wanted me to come down and train, you know, and see what we can do, like, help the, like maybe help the business. Because even after the so the tournament, the WAC tournament is in uh, Mesa. So I'm okay. right there next to Scottsdale at his place. Um, so I did a I, – I, actually, I kind of lied in that sense. I don't know why I did. Uh, but I, I wanted to keep playing. Mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to keep playing. Yeah. I definitely, for a while, like, I was actually supposed to take this whole year off. Yeah. Just coach. Uh, and it didn't work out like that, obviously. But um, I was going down there to train. Like, after the tournament, like, I went straight to his house. I started I started working. I didn't give a fuck. Like, I was Jeez. like, like, you know, I, I remember, like, Michael Jordan, when he lost that year, this and that, like, he, next day he was in the gym training. Yeah. I, yeah. I took a bar from Mesa to Scottsdale so I could train for the two days I was there. Yeah. So you were, yeah. So you were there. Yeah, so. Y'all get bounced, and then do you go back to Texas? No, no. So after that, yeah, so we lost in the WAC tournament, then we have to go back to Texas. And we, and then that, oh, when I was over there, um, he was kind of saying, like, okay, come here and train, and then we're going to figure out what you can do to help the dojo, right? Yeah. Um, And then – that happens. I'm on my way back. To, I'm on my way to Arizona. Um, I get there. Like, I start working with them. Start working, mm-hmm. like learning the remote business and everything. And then, you know, Nick and him end up splitting after that. Like, after a little bit, when I end up going back to Texas, mm-hmm. um, and move out and get all my stuff because I was actually going to move out to Arizona. Bunch of shit happens. Mm-hmm. Um, end up not moving in with Mike. Um. I still was thinking about moving to Arizona. I was gonna move in with my boy Cade, and then you know, do, then all of a sudden the dojo is no more, right? Yeah. So, um, I don't know what to do. I <laughs> for being broke as shit. Yeah. Uh, negative four hundred on our bank account. Oh uh, my god. Yeah. Yeah. Negative yeah. four hundred. Yeah. I've been like negative a hundred in my bank account, but never negative four hundred. So 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 what were you like? When when you get back to Texas, and you're sitting there like, bro, somebody's got to call, like somebody's got to call, because, like, at like at the D1 levels and D2 and D3 and NAI, like all the levels are in baseball. There's talent everywhere, and teams will take chances on guys that, that that throw hard. Like if you throw hard or you know whatever, like if you got you funky, historically been okay. Like, good, yeah, good, good. like you're like you're gonna get. You're gonna get ch- at least a chance. Yeah. Like, so I was I was ready to like keep, like I was still training every day. Mm-hmm. Like I never stopped. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I never I, I never was not ready. And then when all that kind of shit blew up, I was broke as fuck. I started my remote business. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make bread. And it did. It started, you know, with the help of Nick too. Nick Neville, shout out Nick Neville, my fucking guy. Um, 
with the help of him too, I was able to really kickstart this shit. Uh, and I was making good money a month. And then I was like, okay, I'm I, sitting I at a live. bar. Yeah, like, I can finally live. I'm not yeah. in debt anymore. Uh, I'm sitting out and I, cause I was homeless too for like two weeks. I was living with my girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like trying to, and I had to find a place and everything, dude. So Jeez. like it was, it was a rough time. Like right after, right after the worst season of your life. Right. Yeah. Um, But I like, at the end of the day, dude, I wasn't going to take just like, it's life, bro. I'm, I'm a, like, like, like I'm a dog. Like I told you, bro. Like I'm going to really yeah. get through the shit when I have to get through the shits. Dude. Like it's just, that's just mm-hmm. how, I'm, how I'm built mentally. Right. Um. Uh, so being being that was happening, uh, I was sitting at a at the bar uh, with my girlfriend. We were eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, Yo, what if what if I try to play again? Like right now? Like, fuck it. Like, like I'm throwing good. Like my bullpen's I'm up to ninety four. Like I'm feeling yeah. myself yeah. again. I'm confident who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, like what if I try? Like see if I reach out to somebody. See what happens. Like, Fuck it, babe, do it. Yeah. Call this guy named Hank Gonzalez from my boy Alex Verdugo. He's out here. He's playing in Mexico now for the Diablos in the Winter League. Fucking great. Yeah. Great league. Um, also, he's a great pitcher. Puts me in contact with Hank. He's a player rep with uh, his company's called Directional Coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Incorpor- Directional Coaching Incorporated, Hank Gonzalez. And uh, he's like, okay, like send me your track man data. I send them a lot of stuff. And they loved it. They're like, yeah, this is good shit. Like, like okay, you, like it looks like you're definitely ready to play, um, and the the, the Rocky Mountain Bison gave me a contract, and yeah. it was one of those contracts that were like uh, it was, it was like a week or two before the playoffs, so it was like a temporary contract. Yeah, so attempt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but I'm signing. I became a professional baseball player. I did, <laughs> a week later, after I was on my way to the gym about it, I thought it was clipped too because he hadn't called me mm-hmm. uh, at all for a week. And like you said, a brain by the phone, it's lonely, right? So I was on my way to the gym, continuing my diligent work. Um, and I get a call uh, from Hank. And he's like, you ready to pack your bags? I'm like, no way. Where am I mm-hmm. going? He's like, Rocky Mountain vibes. Mm-hmm. Fucking. I'm like, dude, I'm so excited. I burst into tears, too. You know, tears of joy. I'm an emotional person. Dude. I go, fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like even like my brother scored a game-winning goal for uh, high school the other day. I started crying. I saw that. I saw that. Dude, I was, yeah, it was just beautiful, bro. Like to see someone who's like, who's also been into some similar shit that I've been through when I was his age. Like, yeah, I, I relate to him a lot. I, you know, it's real brotherhood kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like, um, dude, where was I? So you, so you were talking about how you got you got to the gym and your agent called. Oh yeah, called so you. yeah, and he called me, and then it was uh, next day, next few days. I, I book a flight, pack my bags, go to Utah, go to Colorado Springs. Um, I have to wait like three, four days to get activated. Um, I throw a bullpen. They like what they saw. I throw a live AB. I do really, really good in a live AB. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally get activated to play, and I'll be on the roster. Um, I'm waiting to pitch for five days. Then we throw a bullpen before. I go in, and I we're playing the no-co owls, and yeah. they rock my shit. <laughs> I get I I did get two strikeouts though, and I don't even remember hey, you them. You can say that. You I can, can say, say I got two strikeouts, uh, but I gave up two home runs along with yeah. those. <laughs> um, it, it's it the the ball flies in Colorado. The first home run that was hit off me was eighty six miles an hour. Holy smokes! Yeah, uh, I was like, what the fuck? Um, that was unfortunate. The second one, absolute mammo. 
Shout out that dude. That fucking guy <laughs> lit my tits. I threw a perfect sinker in the inside corner and still hit it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I got released that same that same game. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, so... I didn't make the playoff. I, I didn't make the playoff roster. Yeah. Um, they didn't give me much of a chance. To, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing is like you know I I I went in there knowing that that's the chance I was gonna get right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it was kind of fucked up a little bit though i'm not gonna lie because we're in an away game mm-hmm. so they put me in a car with somebody else to drive me back i don't get back until 3 a.m um, but that's how cutthroat it is you know what i'm saying like that's how it yeah. is and then back in the same spot i'm back like holy shit like what do i do yeah like what the fuck bro like what am i gonna do like i need to fix something mm-hmm. in my life like like what's going on like obviously i have like this remote training going right but in terms of my career like it was like, dude, what am I gonna do? And yeah, I decided to get a assessment from one of my old teammates. He does a mm-hmm. movement screen. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm remote training, as you know. Like, I, maybe I might have you as a client one day. Um, <laughs> but I'm remote, tra- <laughs> I'm remote training guys, um, and I take a movement screening test with him, and I find all these deficiencies in my body, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out I had a very tight pec. Um, very tight upper traps. My lat was very tight, leaving my mm-hmm. leaving my scapula yeah. um, to be underactive. And the scapula yeah. is so important in throwing a baseball because mm-hmm. my middle and lower traps were underactive. I had just, like very bad cervical rotation, dude. I couldn't go yeah. side to side. Bro. Um, and something I did leave out at, before my first season at uh, at UTRGV, I had two herniated discs in my lumbar spine. Ooh. Yeah, I've had so, a, I had a I had a ruptured disc in my back, so I totally get 100%. that it's it's not fun. It's not it's fun. Not, the, the, re- not play with. the rehab the rehab sucks. Mm-hmm. The rehab it sucks, and especially if you have spasms um, yeah. afterwards. The the spasms are really what kills you. It's not the rehab; it's the spasms. Like you'll be laying down, and you're you know in a car for a long time, and you and you go to get out of the car. And then you just you you can't get up. It's like, oh my god, my back hurts too much. I don't want to move. Um, so you do that, and then so what? So what all happened with that? Like why? Why was that such a big deal? So, uh, oh my god, my my girlfriend's grandma. She was in a little outhouse. <laughs> Abuelita. Abuelita, yes. yes um, but yeah, uh, I find that out about myself. And also I find out, and this is why, you know, kind of my mind was blown in terms of like the mechanics I've learned from Mike and, and all that kind of stuff. It turns out I'm extension based. So I don't get that. I'm not supposed to sit into my back leg as yeah. much as I was, right? Yeah. Um, I'm more like a, like a little bit under what Zach Gallon does in terms of loading his back leg and his pelvic coil, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it turns out I'm extensive based. I'm not a flexion athlete. Yeah. Um, and I was doing everything flexion, everything flexion Jeez. when I should have, and I was still throwing hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was still getting up to 90, 92, you know, touching a four, like, you know, um, you know, saying, even though in Colorado, it's like, I, like I said, I threw a bull day before. I don't know, I was in the pitch. I was only like 89, 90, 87 at times, you know, so like, my body was already starting to revert back to like what it was used to because people don't know too, being that you have inju- injury history, just mm-hmm. because you feel better, doesn't mean your body's moving correctly. Yeah. Um, 
And with this movement screening, allowed me to understand my motor preferences, allowed me to understand my anatomy because I've in antiverted hips. So I need to also favor internal rotation, even though I lack mm -hmm. a little bit of internal rotation as well, which I'm currently trying to gain more range in that area. But mm -hmm. being that I have antiverted hips, right, getting an external rotation hip positions mm -hmm. actually can cause impingement. So, like, the pigeon stretch that you had in the dojo, yeah, that feels good, whatever. But for me, it was actually causing more damage because I was – it was at that point, it's not muscular tightness. It's like, yo, like, your skeleton doesn't allow you to do that movement. So, like, you're basically ripping your labrum in that area whenever you do it when you have hips like mine yeah yeah so it it's altered no bueno my, yeah yeah 100 so it altered my whole training um mindset um and i was like fuck dude i need to give this to my kids like they didn't understand this because like now that i'm like now that because every coach is a coach too shout out versus high athletics shout yeah. out anthony rodriguez they yeah. they've he, he he's been coaching me in terms in a performance sense Mm -hmm. A little bit on the mechanical side as well, um, you know, with different drills and stuff he's given me that I was able now, now able to understand and, you know, get to my kids as well. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't really do remote training, unfortunately, like that. Um, no, 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 no. He, he does do remote training like, like that for real, but uh, he's mainly uh, an in-person trainer. Like, he fucking, like, he has, yeah. he has a really good in-person clientele. Um, also, if you, if, if you don't work with me, Anthony's a great guy to work with remotely. Yeah. Um, so learning all that from him, he's a corrective specialist, uh, a corrective position specialist. He's, a, he's certified in strength and conditioning as well. Mm -hmm. um, learned so much about the body from him, and I've been able to implement it in my kids in training. And now all of them, if you want to be a part of the program, you have to get a movement assessment through him. He gives, we hop on a Zoom call, we go over the report, and then I do all the programming, right? Okay. So... Um, Dude, we even had a – I got a call this morning from uh, from one of my guys out in uh, – he goes to State College of Florida, the Manatees. Yeah. Um, he um, – oh, his mechanic – I'll send you a photo before and after. Bro, like, he's getting into positions he never was able to get into mm -hmm. after doing a week of daily correctives. And daily correctives yeah. is essentially corrective positioning exercises six times a week that get your body – either your posture right, your tightness gone. So you're able to actually perform the mechanics I'm telling you to perform. Because that's the thing, too. Like, I can say, you need to get your arm up. Coach, I'm trying. You yeah. Because you physically can't, right? Yeah. So it's that all of that, like, comes into position. And that dude, like, he's making large strides. A lot of these people's velo peaks are coming just from the fact that they know what their body does now. Yeah. So it's, it's really beautiful to now that I'm able to, to – I was able to get the information from me, and now I'm able to spread that information to my guys, dude. And it's – it's been a blessing. Awesome. So, so how did, how did you know that, that, that remote training was something that you wanted to do? Like, cause it's not for everybody. I mean, heck, I mean, you can, you can do pitching lessons and everything like in person, but why did you want to do it remotely versus being in person? Like, did you, did you just want to take advantage of the technology or, or how, how, how all did that, how all did that come about? Um, I think it's actually easy to easier to remote train rather than, and I think for both parties because, like for a lot of times too, I, and I've been, in, I've always wanted to work with Chris uh, with Eric Cressy. I always wanted yeah. to work at mine. I always wanted to, to do tread right, mm -hmm. um, and and 
and no knock on there, whatever remote they got going on. Right. But, um, like you can't go there yeah. if you don't live near, near there. Yeah. So, I mean, so like, or you have to pay for the remote, the remote programming, which is like a, a good, a good chunk of money. And I'm not saying like yeah. here in the that near future, I'm not going to be charging 500, 600, you know, yeah. just depends on how things go. It's just, uh, um, it's hard to like be at the same place at the same time as like mm-hmm. graphic. And also too, when it comes to like, I have my own app as well. Yeah. So with the training app, like they're able to diligently work and I'm able to see if it actually put in the work. Um, and I'm not physically there, but if they're cheating themselves, they're cheating themselves. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like at the end of the day, the kids who put in the work for me, I've seen real, real results. Mm-hmm. Um, and also too, it's just <laughs> living in Texas too. You know, I live in Texas now. The income tax is like 18%. So yeah. like, you know, I'm making money from all over the country mm-hmm. to live a small, like, you know, to live in a, a smaller economy you know so it's actually like when people go to puerto rico and start spending american money like that's how yeah. i feel like it's yeah. a lot the, the the way of the cost of life is a lot less here than yeah. it's living back in jersey and new york so and and, and, even, and 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 even being out on the west coast i mean i mean i'm in california now and pretty much the only reason that i have the spot that I do is because I pay I pay for my rent, but my rent covers utilities and power and trash and parking. I don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah. But like for instance, I know a guy who um he's with the 49ers. They put I saw this on Twitter the other day. He posted his game check and it they took out 40% of his paycheck. And that's over 400 k They took out four hundred thousand dollars of his paycheck and i think you know in baseball in general like dude in the united states is so much money so much money to just play the sport yeah and like when when you when you really were talking about like going to all these tournaments and everything else like i i don't think a lot of people just grasp like how hard that is like how hard to go from jersey to california to east coast pro which is in i think in alabama and hoover um to go to all these different places and like but you still have to go out and play the game like and you have to you know spend money on the bats if you're a hitter or whatever like it's not a training lessons too you know all that kind of stuff yeah it's not a it's not an easy thing to do and so like i think a lot of people don't like especially when 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 they when they go on this thing the phone and they see Oh well, he's got like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, but then he's like broke as all get out, and he's got negative six hundred dollars in his bank account. Like, why is that? And I, I don't think people see the full picture. And I don't think that when they go to a minor league game or a pioneer league game, if they're in the West Coast, like that they see that and they're like, okay, like he's he's a pro athlete, like he must be making a ton of money. But then you got guys that are personal trainers on the side you got guys that are coaches on the side like stuff's real bro like it's yeah. it's real life um and i think for a lot of those guys out there that throw 95 that throw 98 like they may get the signing bonuses but then they get released in four years and it's like no, oh, yeah, crap. No oh crap yeah. what do i do like I just bought a Benz, I just bought a G wagon, yeah. and yeah. just showed up to spring training as a bonus baby, and I don't have any money. Like I bought a house, I bought a car, like. But it, I I think for the people that play indie ball, like 
when you go from the American to the Atlantic, whatever the case might be, whatever happens, like it, it's a lot more sweeter for that because you know you got it out the mud. You didn't get drafted. You didn't get signed. Like it makes it all worth it. No, one hundred percent. And I, I guess like over time, so you just become more money cautious in that sense. Like, um, like you're you're not gonna see me buy a fucking sports car until I'm a millionaire, dude. Like, no, you know no. what I mean. I, that's just you know. But I also you know I love great food. You know, I love good yeah. wine. You know what I'm saying? Like, then I have my vices, right? Uh, and in that sense, for money spending, but um, like no, dude, like just knowing that you never know when like you can get cut, your next paycheck, this and that. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be wary about where you're doing, how you're spending your money, and, this, and that's another reason why I got into bitches too. So I'll go to the thrift, Ropa Usada, like mm-hmm. over here, like and find fucking fire teas that I can sell for like fifty bucks, sixty bucks, yeah. you know, like things like or just having myself, right? That like yeah. people don't know how good of the quality that is. So it's um uh understanding like just having that money cautious like yeah like you said too people have all these thousands of followers but are broke as fuck like Mm -hmm. like they don't know how to monetize they don't know how to like understand like their niche clientele and how to get people that they want to collect like at the end of the day i have 100 followers on instagram right Mm -hmm. but 70 percent of my followers are my clients yeah so it's like you know it's about the quality it's about the quality not the quantity of your of your following so I mean, um, I mean, a, a lot, a lot of people. I think, I think nowadays, like, they see like baseball players make the most money, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go play baseball." Well, it's like, okay, like that kid is 18 years old, 19 years old, whatever the case may be. He gets drafted out of high school, and he doesn't have the financial literacy to 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 deal with that money. Yeah, like, I would have hey, been like, fucked. Yeah. I would have been fucked. Yeah, like, if I if I would have taken less money like I like they wanted me to, I would have been dude. I would have been so fucked because I had no real money concept. I had no real appreciation of things, right? Until yeah. like taken away from me. I've, I've learned things I, the hard way. And I think I I honestly think like when you get released and then you get sent back on a bus the next or a car, whatever, it's like okay, like now I've gone from like being a baseball player, like that's my job, to like okay. I have to deal with real life problems now that I thought I wasn't going to have to deal with because I'm a pro baseball player. Like, and and it's, it's crazy how many times I've gone to a game or whatever. And I've heard people say like, Oh, like, you know, he got a first round pick. Like he's got a ton of money. And then it's like, well, no, he's getting taxed in the highest tax bracket. And he's also got to deal with, you know, going home for the off season and training. Now, granted, yeah. a lot of places do like they they usher pro guys in. They're like, oh no, you don't have to pay. All you have to do is make an Instagram post for us or whatever. And don't be mistaken, that crap happens. Like it, it happens. It happens more than you think. But like to all the people out there listening, like pro baseball players are real people. Like they have real issues. One hundred percent. I I even happen. thought about too for because I have a I have an off season facility here. Yeah. Um, I think like the players didn't make more money, dude. I even thought about like paying professionals. Hey, here's like I know you're in AAA, double A, you struggle, single A, struggle a little bit. Hey, bro, come promote my facility. Come promote the people you got. Here's three hundred dollars a month. Like I yeah. even consider, you know, not three hundred or two hundred, one fifty, depending on what you know. Like I've considered that too. Um, you know, maybe and maybe it's a good time to talk about it. But like we need to give back more to the players in that sense, like. Yeah. In a day, owners are gonna own their stuff too, right? Like it's a business. 
but yeah. um, I think that's a good way to start doing that. Like, hey, like, don't pay me to train you. Like, you're a professional at your craft, this and that. Like, let me pay you to promote my, what I got going on and let me train you too. So, yeah, that's kind of, I hope I can do that one day for pro athletes. Um, but, of course. Yeah, dude, that's, a, that, that's definitely a, a, a problem. That's, that's, a, that's a rise in professional baseball for sure. Yeah. And yeah. And I, and I think like I started this podcast just because a lot of people, they, they watch, you know, YouTube or Spotify or whatever, whatever you watch your stuff on and they don't hear real stories. Like they don't hear real stories of, you know, you getting released and getting back at 3am and then having to go back to Texas and you're broke and you don't know what you're going to do. And all you've ever done is throw this baseball and you're like, Oh crap. Like I don't have a rich mommy and daddy to, to help me out or to you know get the jet to come in to get me like i don't have an agent like scott boris to where he can be like no you'll you'll be fine you'll be fine don't yeah. worry don't worry don't worry no it'll be it'll be all right but like my my issue is that like so many of these flipping kids they go on instagram they go on twitter and they see all this stuff and then they get to college and they're like oh well i was the number one player in the in the class of 20 25 like oh great like yeah like you're gonna get to college and 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 the flipping seniors are gonna look at you like okay cool cool bro like we we just we just lost to vanderbilt in a regional or we just lost to nevada in a regional like we don't care like you may have nil money and don't even get me started on nil like how it's it's evolving and it's great and it's awesome but it's I think at the end of the day, like you're going to have these high school kids that are coming in and they got millions of dollars and you're looking at the walk-on kid who barely got an offer here and was going to go D2 and said, no, I'm going to go D1. And that kid is paying for school out of pocket. And he's looking at this kid like, you made a million dollars off of flipping Instagram posts, bro. Like, why are you here? Like, why are you at school? Why aren't you playing in the bigs? But I, well, I think yeah, it's I think, also to each your own too. Like at the end of the day, it's like, why did you not? Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. That's what that that's what it is for me. Like, I guess that was the mindset switch. Like, especially in high school, like seeing my friends and like, and stuff and all that. It was like, all right, well, I need to go do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like one day, one day I'm gonna be able to say I'm making a million dollars off this post, and I hope that's the thing, right? Like I'm putting it on the air, manifesting it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's I, I think it's it's uh. Uh, kids can, I can understand why people are discouraged, right? Uh, yeah. I understand why people feel some type of way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also have to understand, it's like, like, think of, like, oh, he's he's getting paid ball, ball to throw a baseball. Mm-hmm. It's like, why aren't you throwing that baseball that fast? Yeah, though? yeah. You know, why aren't you, why aren't you doing mm-hmm. this? If it, you know, like, it's the same thing. And, I, like, a lot of, I, I think a lot of, like, people who don't play sports don't understand that. It's like, oh, well, I'm a scientist, and I went to school for this, and yeah. that. Well, I didn't. I took a different route because I was good at this, just like you were good yeah. at that and that route. You know what I'm saying? And, and, I, and I'll never forget the clip of Tommy Pham calling out people at Dodger Stadium saying, bro, I got I could fit your whole paycheck into my back pocket or something like that. I'll, I'll put it up. But <laughs> I'll never forget that clip. And it's it's real, like especially for the people that are from Tennessee and know about Tommy's Tommy's Vanderbilt career. Like, dude was a dog in college. And – you know, he gets the bigs and then he starts speaking his mind and it's like, he's right. Like, you're paying to come see me, bro. Like, you're paying to come see me play. I, I'm not I'm not forcing you to be here. Like, 
you know, whatever. But but I'll 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 be sure to 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 put that clip up because I saw it a while ago and I was like, holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah. But savage, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if people want to find out more about your training, um, more about you know you as a person, um, tell them where they can find you, um, you know, and, and just plug all your stuff real quick. Yeah, so if you guys are interested in seeing some training videos, uh, different drills, me talking about different stuff, sometimes some fun posts, uh, follow at NST Global. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and also, if you do want to follow my personal Instagram as well, I'm at JCAreza21. And yeah, just DM me. I also have a, a, a link in both accounts for free mechanical analysis. We can go over uh, your throw and what might be limiting you in your throw and maybe what you need is an assessment. Um, and also to the assessment is ran through versatile athletics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if all you want to do is the assessment to find out about your body, take that to a trainer or whatever, um, go ahead. I'm here to help you guys because I wish I would have known that type of information as well. Um, so if you don't want to train with me, um, that's fine too, but at least hit me up and see, you know, Hey, can I do this? Uh, can I find out more about my body and uh, we can talk from there. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, bro. Well, that's, that's where we'll end it. I'll hit this little 